And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to the show this morning, of course. I'm your host, Lance Roberts, and it's hump day. That's right, it's Wednesday, so already through the middle of the week and uh, wrapping up the month. Today's the last day of January, getting ready to kick off the month of February. Uh, lots of stuff going on, of course. Today is the FOMC announcement, so we're going to hear from Jerome Powell later on this afternoon about, well, will they, won't they, when will they cut rates, right? That's, this is a big debate for the markets. And really kind of all eyes kind of pegged on that because the markets are now just totally focused more than anything else on what the Fed is doing. And we'll talk about earnings here in just a moment. But, you know, the, the issue is now about when will they cut rates and, of course, how much. And the big differentiator here is that right now the market's expecting five to seven rate cuts this year. The Federal Reserve projections are for three. And so there's a gap between what the Fed is saying and what the markets are expecting. And at some point, that'll have to reconcile itself. And, and this is going to be the big question. You know, will economic data still continue to come in strong as it has been? And the stronger the economic data is, really, there's less reason for the Fed to aggressively cut rates. Doesn't mean they won't cut rates some, but there's no reason to cut five or seven times. The reason the Fed would be cutting five to seven times, of course, is if economic data is a lot weaker than is currently expected. And, and of course, we've seen recent you know, GDP numbers um, you know, for the fourth quarter came in at 3.3%. Of course, that was driven by $2.53 of debt generation. To get that economic growth, $2.53 of debt for every dollar's worth of growth, you know, it's getting pretty expensive. And that's just for one quarter. So again, you know, more and more debt, that's, that's one issue that's leading to economic growth. And that's, uh, of course, keeping the economy out of a recession. But that's also that's kind of strong headline number growth isn't a reason to cut rates. So this is going to be the dichotomy that the, uh, that the markets have to face here over the course of the next few months. Uh, but as, you know, as we kind of go through earnings season here, you know, companies right now are, are, are meeting and beating estimates for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Uh, last night after the bell, of course, Google announced their numbers, had great numbers, top, bot, top line, bottom line, but missed on ad revenue. And that stock's going to be down about 6.5% this morning. But, you know, interestingly enough, while we talk about some of these companies that, uh, that, are, that are going on, you know, you talk about a company like Google. Yes, uh, you know, the company's going to be down about 6% this morning. But this is following just a huge run that this stock has had just over the course of the last couple of months in particular. And, you know, this is, you know, so the market, so the, the stock's going to give up some of this recent gain today. But uh, again, you know, this isn't really kind of a big surprise as we've talked about uh, just recently when these companies like Google and Microsoft and kind of the Magnificent Seven tend to report earnings, they tend to decline on the earnings report day. So again, this, this really isn't a surprise that you know, these stocks are going to be trading lower this morning. Uh, Microsoft also, of course, um, uh, announced earnings last night. Huge beat, top and bottom line, really across the board. Nothing bad about that report, but that stock's also going to trade a little bit lower this morning. Uh, coming out of the gate. NVIDIA also trading lower as well because of AMD's report yesterday. So AMD announced earnings. 
their guidance was a little bit light going forward on uh, AI chip cells and seeing more of a move towards the um, uh, graphics type cards. Uh, so NVIDIA will be down today, but again, NVIDIA will be down after a very, very sharp increase. AMD will be down this morning also after a very, very sharp increase in their price just recently. In fact, uh, AMD has had just a phenomenal run here ever since November. It's been a big acceleration here. So this, uh, this morning, the, the uh, stock will be down about six, six and a half percent this morning. But again, you've already had just a phenomenal run in the stock. So again, a bit of a pullback here. Not surprising. These stocks were exceedingly overbought. Uh, we're going to get a sell signal here on, on probably AMD today. Uh, so we'll see some kind of consolidation and, and, and processing here for a bit but that'll probably give you a better opportunity to add to that position at some point down the road because revenue growth for these companies are still uh, very, very strong. So again, this is kind of what's happening in earnings and, and we'll probably see this continue, particularly when we get into Apple's earnings and uh, other companies here. We've got the rest of the Mag 7 really kind of coming up over the next couple of weeks. So again, this volatility to the market because the market has been so really extended here up to this point, that it's not surprising that we're gonna see a pickup in volatility that's expected. We've been talking about how the market's overbought. In fact, that leads us to what you need to know before the bell this morning. So, as um, of course yesterday, earnings announcements came in from Microsoft, from Google, from AMD, lots of other companies. UPS yesterday, missing, uh, missing earnings estimates, really kind of a pretty dismal outlook, suggesting the economy's a lot weaker than expected, but um, you know, S&P has been hovering up near all-time highs at this point. Again, very overbought, very deviated from long-term means. And so, again, we're probably going to see some type of correction in the month of February. Would not be surprising at all. See some type of pullback towards four, uh, 4780, uh, potentially even as low as 4700 on the S&P for some type of corrective action would not be surprising. Now that'll give you a much better entry point to add some exposure to portfolios. We're still on a bicycle currently, but very, very overbought. So, you know, as we've been talking about for a while, be a little bit cautious here chasing the markets. If you've got some cash, just kind of sit on it and wait right now um, as we kind of get some of these earnings that are good, but not quite as good as analysts had expected. We could see a pickup here in volatility. But again, we have to remember that these companies are beating estimates but those estimates were lowered a lot going into this quarter. So again, we're beating a much lowered bar uh, for estimates. But this morning, uh, futures are pointing lower, particularly on the NASDAQ because of AMD, Google, and uh, um, Microsoft. But that is also gonna apply to the S&P because those are the same top stocks in both indexes. So we're gonna see weakness in both the S&P and the NASDAQ today. The Dow's gonna do a little bit better today, again, because we're seeing this kind of continued rotation. You know when. You have an, uh, a NASDAQ day where Microsoft, Apple, Google, et cetera, are doing well. Uh, we see really kind of a lag in all the other sectors of the markets. And on days that they don't do well, we see a real pickup in those stocks that tend to be more of a, a safe haven, kind of traditional plays, dividend yields, safety, security. So we'll see those stocks uh, perform a little bit better today. So we're, we're, we're going to pick up this kind of this dichotomy in the markets between the Dow and the NASDAQ day, safety versus risk. And so we're gonna see kind of a rotation off today into the safety zone. Now, the other side of this to be looking at this morning, of course, is watching what's happening with yields. Two things are gonna to happen today. First of all, we're gonna to get an announcement from the Treasury about their duration 
mix of what bonds they're going to be buying. We just saw the Treasury report talking about they need to issue a little bit less debt than was expected. Yields kind of popped up on that. I'm sorry, bond prices kind of moved up on that. On that announcement, in fact, let's just take a look at bond price rather than yield. Yields were dropping. Uh, bond prices turned up on the announcement that the Fed was going to ha- uh, the Treasury would have to issue less debt than expected. Today, we'll see that actual duration mix come in, which is also expected to be bond positive. So we could see uh, TLT continue to move up. Bond prices move up today. Uh, Of course, if the Fed does come out on a much more dovish kind of language late this afternoon, that would also be bond positive. And we're about to trigger a buy signal on bonds. So we've talked about how we took some profits in bonds uh, a couple of months ago. I've been waiting for this correction to kind of work its process to work off some of that overbought condition in bond prices. We've now gotten through that. Um, We're about to trigger a buy signal on bonds. So today's action could actually push that back into positive territory on the bond side, uh, move bonds back up above that 200-day moving average, which would be very positive here. After this correction, worked off some of that overbought condition, um, now moving back into a much more positive structure for bonds and yields at this point. Uh, That's what you need to know before the bell this morning. When we come back, we'll pick up with Danny Ratliff. Lots of stuff to get into this morning. Don't go away. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. And welcome back to the show this morning. Danny Ratliff joining me as well as as he always does on a Wednesday. Danny, how are you? Hey, good morning. Great. Good. So uh, a couple of things uh, to get into, of course, we're talking a little bit about you know, the markets the last couple of days, um, and, and this has kind of been a, kind of our primary focus, but, you know, right now there's a there's quite a few things that are happening um, in regards to other things that affect you. Um, child tax credit changes as well as Social Security potential changes. Again, this is always kind of interesting because these things always tend to kind of come up here during election season. So we'll see, you know, what, what people talk about what actually happens are often two very different things. But I thought that the, the uh, this... Uh, um, I'll let you kind of give the background on it first, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. But, you know, child tax credits have been one of these kind of very interesting issues because this was something that we saw during 2020. We had a, a big push to extend child tax credits and increase the amount of tax credits that people were going to get. And the, and the guy, idea was, is like, well, you know, um, people need more money at home to take care of children because, you know, they can't afford child care. So both parents can't work, et cetera. You know, a lot of excuses. But the, the problem is, is that it's a Trojan horse because if I give you more money for a child tax credit, let's say let's just make some easy numbers here, right? I give you $1,000 a month for a child tax credit and then I raise it to 2000 Now, you've got some more money to take care of your children with, which means you can go hire daycare, you know, do preschool, you know, whatever you want to do with that money. And in in a perfect world, that makes sense, right? I've got more money, so now I can, you know, afford to give my children more daycare so I can go to, to, to work more, whatever I want to do. And trust me, as a father of four kids, I know all too well the cost of childcare. <laughs> so, you know, we've been through all that. But the problem is, is what everybody forgets is that as soon as I give Danny more money for childcare, what do you expect the childcare providers are going to do? 
they're going to raise prices, and which is exactly what we saw happen. The cost of childcare went screaming through the roof along with everything else that went up in price because as soon as everybody figured out that, hey, you've got more money for childcare, I'm going to charge you more money for childcare. So, you know, it immediately gets absorbed by inflation. We wrote a couple of articles about, you know, about this. There was a, a the administration was touting that uh, um, Biden's Inf- Inflation Reduction Act, et cetera, was going to, you know, cure all these problems, going to lift people out of poverty. And and I, I wrote an article saying, yeah, we'll lift, pe- lift people out of poverty for one year. And it did. And the next year, they were right back in the, uh, below the poverty level again because everything else went up in price with it. So, you know, this is always the, the, the unintended consequence of all these things. But child tax credits, parental leave, all these type of things that the government wants to come up with, these are great ways to buy his vote. They sound good, right? So I'll vote for you. If you'll, you, if you'll give me more money, I'll vote for you. But it's always the unintended consequences. No, I think that's right. So a little bit more background on that. So child tax credit historically has been $2,000. During the pandemic, they actually made a large change where they raised it to 3000 They also made it a refundable credit, meaning that even if you weren't paying taxes, you would actually get those funds where historically it was not refundable, mm-hmm. meaning right. that you know you didn't get it. If you didn't have any taxes to pay, no big deal. Um, and then if you had children under six, they raised that up to $3,600, so an additional $600 for smaller children. Now, that did sunset, uh, what, a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, I guess right. now. And so that sunsetted. Now, there's a new bill out, and so Oregon Senator Ron Wyden sent out that they are going to do one now that is inflation-adjusted. So still 2000 bucks, but the less you make, the more and the more children you have, the more you get. So it actually will disincentivize people to go out and work. And so they showed us a stat that said that, listen, if you have somebody that's making um, $20,000 a year, $20 an hour working 20 hours a week under the bill, the parent switched to full-time work and earns $40,000, their total household income for working twice the amount only goes up by $3,400. Okay. So just to your point, now, number one, you start giving people more money, you start to see more inflation because everything else is going to go up along with that, but also now, you know, you start to factor that in with, you know, food stamps, all the other benefits and subsidies that you can receive. This becomes more problematic and and not just from, you know, we're generally talking about economic and investment perspective. But, you know, you think about the economics and productivity, right? It's got to decrease it. And so there's a lot of bills out there that are floating around. And like you alluded to, we're probably going to see a whole lot more <laughs> in the coming year, especially as, you know, everybody's vying for our votes. But Something to be aware of, um, you know, there, this is going to have an inflation adjustment to it. So there can be a 14 percentage point change on this. And so it, rather interesting how we're seeing more and more of that tied to this mm-hmm. because everybody feels the pain of inflation. So anytime we can throw that, that in, into any type of bill, I think people are like, oh, this has got to be great. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help with inflation. Right. But those unintended consequences can certainly, we may be paying for well, those for a while. And, and again, it sounds good now because it's like, oh yeah, inflation's killing me. But in a couple of years, the prices aren't going to change much. And that inflation adjustment will be very, very, very small because inflation will be back below 2%. But the cost of childcare isn't going to go down, but your inflation adjustment will not keep up with the cost of childcare and everything else that's going on. And this is, this is always, you know, this is like social security for years, mm-hmm. you know, we had very low levels of inflation, but the cost of living for retirees was conti- health care and everything else they have to pay for was continuing to go up. 
and they were getting very modest Social Security adjustments or COLA adjustments or cost of living adjustment at the end of each year was very, very minute. And, and, and we saw more and more kind of this discrepancy between Social Securities and, and their actual cost of living versus what the inflation adjustment was adjusting for. Yeah, and we've talked about this for years, how they use CPIW, which is the workers and, you know, basically the inflation index for, whereas they should be using CPIE, which is more, you know, it's going to be more in line with what seniors are typically spending money on, healthcare costs, prescriptions, things that are going up. And, you know, even within our financial plans, we inflate those more than we would inflate any other type of regular expense. And that's the problem with a lot of these things are not inflated properly. But this actual bill also goes back and it looks a year backwards. And so instead of, you know, staying in line with kind of what people are making right now, you could have somebody that did not work or made very little last year. And that's what they're basing these numbers off of. So they could they could almost take the year off in some instances right. and still get as much money as they had they had worked. Well, speaking of speaking of Social Security, um, before we get into that, everybody in chat's wanting to know uh, an update on your washer situation. <laughs> There's not much update to give you, Lance. It's kind of we're playing the waiting game. Uh, you know, insurance. It's the fun part of all this. And uh, you know, in about another week, I'm gonna start using this platform to start blasting them a little bit. See if we can't push them. <laughs> So yeah, there's a there's a couple on uh, TikTok that my wife likes to follow, and and they're they're a very funny couple. They make a lot of fun of each other, and she's she's pretty brutal. She's pretty aggressive. And her husband went to go get her Arby's, and she's texting him very mean messages about you better not forget the Arby's sauce because, you know, if you come home without the Arby's sauce, there's going to be hell to pay. And Arby sent them 50 pounds of Arby sauce to their house. <laughs> really? Yeah. So here you go. Well, you, it's, you may it's, be able to, to, to get, get the insurance company moving. Well, it's kind of funny because Michelle is at the point where she's like, you know what? I've had enough. And I'm like, well, you also have to understand these are people that are, you know, you got to be cordial here. And this is a process. Let them go through the process. And there's going to become a time you're going to have to start putting, you know, a little more pressure on probably. Yeah. And we're only a couple of weeks into this. So, you know, and I, I have horror stories of friends and, and other people we've talked to that this has gone on for months, if not years. And I pray this is not the case. But for my sanity and this insurance adjusters, because once I let her loose, they're in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I know. Trust me. My wife. I mean, been, no, I'm serious. Trust me. My wife's been traveling for over a week now. She was in Geneva and Marseille. And she just got back yesterday. And of course, you know, she gets back and at four o'clock this morning, she's up stripping. The, I'm, I'm just waking up and she's like stripping the covers off the bed. Her, ADD, her ADHD kicked in and she's like in, in, in mad clean mode. But I feel sorry for our contractor because they didn't do any work because of the, the weather we had, the rain and stuff. They didn't do any work on the house while she was gone. I feel sorry for him today because she is on a warpath. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I can... I'm, I'm, I see. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the more flies with honey guy, right? So I'm nice. Like, I am hey, too. You know, can we, can we get this? How do we work this out? No, not my wife. I feel sorry for this guy. So. Yep, yep. That's the exact thing. They may be related. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, so anyway, real quick here, uh, Social Security. Um, uh, there's a new bill to repeal Social Security tax and raising the cap on wealthy. This has been kind of one of the big go-tos for a while trying to uh, one of the fixes hopefully for social security is to get wealthy people to pay more uh, there's been a cap on income to where you pay social security so 
Um, what's this new bill looking like? Well, you know, there's so many new bills we see that come out uh, with Social Security. And unfortunately, we, it never really has much legs. And, you know, I get it. It's not very electable historically. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, raise Social Security limit, um, you know, full retirement age. Who wants that, right? Not the younger generation for certain. So that's likely, you know, they're going to move and, and really pick on that demographic. That's going to be tough for people to get elected. Um, also, we think about where does all this money come from political action committees and, you know, contributions to these people, and it's typically the wealthy. And so they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, I think. But they're going to have to get something done because we know the current environment we're in. But there's a new bill. It's legislation that is you earned it, you keep it act to repeal federal taxation of Social Security benefits starting in 2025. Um, so the uh, Yadira Caraveo, Democrat from Colorado, says for almost a century, America has upheld a fundamental promise that if you work hard and play by the rules, you'll be able to enjoy a secure retirement. However, historic inflation is eroding seniors' budgets, jeopardizing the financial security they've worked their whole lives to achieve. I can't disagree with that. Mm. I mean, I think that's that's dead on. Now, we think about what Social Security was meant to do and what it's doing now, not just you know supplementing or subsidizing a bit of retirement, but now it has become the whole shebang, unfortunately. Right. And so we can talk a little bit more about this on the other side of the break. Um, you know, just some slight, small nuances that will fix it, but for how long? Yeah, it's always the case yeah. until somebody else comes back and changes the bill back some other direction. That's right. Go. All right, or add somebody else to it. Oh, now we have a whole new group of people that can thank Social Security. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right, quick break. We'll be right back. We'll pick up with this. Also got to talk about, uh, you're just living too damn long. That's the problem. Be right back. Don't go away. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. And welcome back to the show this morning. So uh, talk a little bit about Social Security. And um, again, this has been one of the big issues. It's always a hot button topic because, you know, there's lots of articles out. Social Security Board of Trustees comes out of a year, says, hey, we've already got some of our programs that are technically bankrupt and, you know, we're going to run out of money and have to cut benefits by 2033 or 2034, whatever the number is, kind of changes from one year to the next. But it's always a big concern. And, of course, it's a big hot button issue for, you know, politicians. Nobody wants to touch it because... If you try to change Social Security, you're not going to get elected. <laughs> you know, it's, it's everybody. Everybody knows that Social Security needs to be fixed, but just don't fix it with my dollars. You know, don't raise my retirement, don't cut my benefits, don't. You know, you can do that to everybody else, but just not me. Um, so again, but there's a new bill out though that's that's repealing Social Security tax and then raising the cap on the wealthy. Yeah. So, and, so let's let's provide a little bit more color around that right now. So currently, the Social Security cap is $168,600 for 2024, meaning that if you make more than that, then you're not going to be paying any more Social Security tax. That current tax is 6.2%. You pay 6.2% if you're employed by somebody. uh, They pay an additional 6.2%. This is a uh, Social Security tax that essentially, you know, we talked about, you know, Congressional Mm -hmm. Budget Office puts out their new surveys and or their budgets. 
And right now, Social Security can go on until 2034 with no reduction in benefits. At that point, there would be a 20% reduction in benefit if nothing changes. So that means if you're on Social Security or you're going to get on it, you would see your benefits cut by a fifth, which is a lot when we start thinking about right. how much people rely on this. So currently, more than half of all retirees rely on this for more than half of their retirement income. So think about that. Half the retirement income comes from Social Security. In fact, a quarter rely on it for about 90%. So these numbers are staggering. You know, that $168,600, most people aren't getting to that, right? right? So most all their funds are going to be taxed. So that's one caveat. They're looking to change that and eliminate that cap. And in fact, if you're making more than $250, you are going to continue to pay into it. Right. So whereas right now, there's and there's been legislation even last year and the year prior they were saying, okay, we're going to keep it at the cap, and then once you reach three hundred thousand, there's going to kind of be a donut, so to speak, where you're not going to pay till here. Then once you reach this amount, three hundred, four hundred, all Whatever these bills look a little yep. bit different. Then you'll start paying again. Um, this is looking to get rid of that altogether and just say, hey, you know, if you're making more than two fifty, you're just going to keep keep paying. Right. So, so, but but the way I'm reading this, there's still a donut there. I pay on Social Security up to one hundred sixty-two five. Then I don't pay any more Social Security until I get to 250, and then at 250 and up, I start paying. In. Is, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, there's a lot of you know, there, there's a, there's some holes that are missing on I, this too. I don't as know far why as these don't get out. rid of it altogether. Just say you pay Social Security tax. Well, I also don't know why these bills they don't, just don't make it like a fact sheet, like boom, all in one page. <laughs> here's what it is, bullet point, yeah. and be done. Yeah. But every bill has you know, 15 other bills inside of it or on top right. of it. And, and they don't make it really easy to to discern. And look, this this bill will be different by the time it actually goes yeah. somewhere. So and the, that's you, if it goes anywhere. That's right. So it's a you earned it, you keep it bill. Now they do say this will prolong Social Security by twenty years. Uh, that there will have to be no cuts. It'll also um, help the federal deficit reduce it by eight point nine trillion dollars over seventy five years. But here's the problem. So that's great. It's going to reduce it over seventy five years. But this is only viable. For the next 30. Right. Because in 2054, you've got the same problem. Right. Well, no, this is this is the whole problem. But, and again, you know, we go back to the whole problem with Social Security is that when Social Security was first established, it was a retirement income benefit. And we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the really kind of the, the, the big elephant in the room with Social Security in just a moment. But, you know... It was you worked, you paid in, you retired. Mm -hmm. This was your this was your welfare until basically you passed away and you weren't supposed to live that long. Um, but then we started adding in everybody else that we could think of, right? Widows, orphans, you know, spouses, everybody else that didn't pay into the system. Like, okay, yeah, we'll give them money too. Disability. Yeah, disability. And so we keep adding more and more people to who are taking out of the 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 pot, right? But Back in 1935, 1940, 1950, we had 16 people paying in for every person taking out. Now it's less than two people paying in for every person taking out. And we keep adding more and more people to the rolls. So no matter what we do, you're still going to wind up with this problem because you just simply have too few people paying in versus the number of people taking out. It's just math. Yeah, it is. And so the other, the other caveat to this bill is Social Security taxation. So... Currently, it's going to exempt beneficiaries who are married and filing jointly from having to pay income tax on their Social Security. And this is what catches a lot of people by surprise as well. Um, so if they have annual incomes of 50000 or less or individual filers with income of 35000 35, or less are exempt 
from Social Security taxation. So currently... So they so wait, they don't pay any money into Social Security, but they're no, still no, no. taking money out of Social they Security. They still pay money into Social Security. Okay. But they don't... Your Social Security benefits are actually taxable. Yes. Depending on income. Right. So if you're single, you make more than $25,000. 50% of that Social Security benefit will be taxable. Not So not at 50% tax rate, 50% of it is taxable. Now, if that same individual makes over 32... 85% of it is taxable. Now, for a family, that, that changes just a tad bit. It goes, um, so if you're married, you know, filing jointly, it goes from 32 to 44,000 at 50% over 44, 85% of it is taxable. So they're going to go away with that. If you're married, filing jointly, you make under $50,000, then you don't have to pay any Social Security tax whatsoever. If you're single, then you're you're only it's up to thirty five thousand. But here's the problem: you're still under the poverty level if you're under those numbers, right? So, I mean, what? I mean, yes, it's a favor and that's great, but why not change the system more drastically? You know, I don't know. I mean, I I've got a lot of ideas for this. I don't think they'll ever go anywhere because nobody's <laughs> listening. But well, and it's not again, it's not electable. Yeah, it's that's, not. That's the problem. But it has to be at some point because the problem is we continue to kick the can down the road. Look, I applaud anybody that can get some type of Social Security bill out there that actually makes sense because it needs to be done. It'll be kicked. The can, the can will be kicked down the road likely till 2034. I mean, we've seen this every year multiple times and nothing comes of it. And that's where they're going to have to put this in a bigger bill. You know, we we're talking about the fact sheet that they need. Mm -hmm. yep. They're going to have to sneak this in somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Think about it. It'll, it'll be buried within a bigger bill. Yeah. It's like one day you wake up and this will be it. So that's right. You know, but again, that's just kind of the way things work. But, you know, this kind of brings up kind of a good point. You know, one of the big problems that we have, and, and there was a really interesting article out this morning um, talking about that in order to fix the climate, there, a guy is a, a guy. He's from the Eurozone somewhere. I think the UK and I've lost the article. I'll have to go try to dig it back up again. But, um, oh, no, it is. He's in Britain. Um, he is suggesting that people need to have fewer children to fix the climate, right? Everybody should be limited to one child. Now, that's correct. And, you know, if, if inhabitants are your generators of CO2 emissions, et cetera, that are, you know, causing havoc to the planet, then, yeah, reducing the population is the easiest way to fix that problem. I just saw a study that said CO2 has actually gone down. Let's not get into that. We're talking about population. <laughs> so, well, even with the population, right, I right, mean, I get right. it. But but the point is, is like his view is, is we need to have less children. Here's the problem with this: is that China is already having huge problems because of their demographic bell curve, and their their population is aging. And of course, and we've talked about before, if you have strong economic growth, you need population growth. The problem is for Social Security. The problem is for a lot of these other factors that we have is that we're living too long. Again, Social Security you weren't most people when social security was passed didn't live past the age of 65 right and so there weren't that many people that were living long enough to actually participate and take out of social security and now we're living to be 80 90 95 and that and because of better health care better better quality of drugs etc we're living longer and longer and longer and longer and it's requiring more and more of these benefits to to last much longer than they were ever in, intended right it's just it's just actuarials and, you know, this is going to be one of the issues. And when we come back from the break here in a minute, I want to kind of flip the script here, talking about, you know, the problem with traditional retirement 
is exactly this idea that people are just living too long. And it's 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 becoming much more problematic, you know, to to get retirement funds to last long enough. To, well, to, it, it to is, especially, goals. you know, we're in this age where everybody wants to retire early. And look, I get it. Everybody, I, I understand. Lance talks to me about it daily. I tell him, no, it does not work. <laughs> you may live to 120. Um, but they, they do say that, you know, right now there's somebody on this planet who's going to live to 120. Yeah. Which is amazing. Kids being born today, there's a shot that we're going to see people living to be 120, 130, 140, which is amazing because of because of quality of medical care going up. That is amazing. And implants. And cyber chips and, and Elon Musk and oh, speaking of Elon Musk, did you hear what happened to him? Boy, talk about what happens when you when you upset the billion left. dollar payday. Yeah, a Delaware court has has basically voided his compensation package for Tesla, and that would never happen when when he was the darling of of kind of the the liberal left. They would have never touched him. But ever since this whole Twitter entourage that he's taken on in this free speech platform they've been trying to figure out a way to get him and so uh the delaware court judge has voided his uh package and he tweeted out this morning on twitter x whatever you want to call it these days whatever he owns right um he says never incorporate your company in the state of delaware should tesla change its state of incorporation to texas and move it to where its physical headquarters are that tweet since it's gone out <laughs> has 786,000 votes on it already. <laughs> and what is everybody saying? Uh, 87% of them say, yes, move to Texas. <laughs> so I think, I think we'll be seeing, uh, <laughs> I think we'll be seeing a move here soon for Tesla. Just remember you're a refugee, not a missionary. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, he's, he's all, He's good for Texas. Oh, I'm talking to everybody in general oh, yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, quick break. We'll come back. All right, longevity. It's disrupting traditional retirement. We'll get into that next. Don't go away. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. So I was just talking about today, the market's going to be in a little bit of a rough tumble this morning coming out of the gate on the back, you know, following Microsoft, AMD, and Google earnings. So get a little bit of a breather today. Um, no big names out today. We've got Qualcomm out today, MasterCard. But as far as the Mega 7, they pick up tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow on Thursday, we have Apple, Amazon, and Meta all tomorrow. So again, it's going to be a little bit of a rough week so far we'll see what happens after their their earnings tomorrow it seems like earnings have been a little bit all over the place anything that you've gleaned from just in general no no uh, basically they're you know we lowered estimates very sharply um mm -hmm. heading into the end of the year we cut them by eight dollars a share going into the end of the year uh companies are barely meeting those estimates um and you know as we saw yesterday even microsoft who had just stellar numbers top and bottom line are going to be sold off a little bit this morning but those stocks have had such huge runs it's not surprising Kind of a buy the rumor, sell the news type yeah. thing. So um, AMD uh, had great numbers, but their guy, their forward guidance was a little bit light. Same thing for Google on ad revenue. Yeah. Now, what do you think about all the jobs numbers right now? I mean, the Fed's got to be looking at this. I mean, we've kind of peeled the onion mm -hmm. back a little bit and said, okay, well, where are all these jobs coming from? Right. What does it actually mean? I mean, you know. Well, the, look, the Fed doesn't care about where the jobs are coming from, right? They just look at top line, right? So, so what's the unemployment rate? Unemployment rate's 3.7, 3.6, you know, whatever it is. Uh, there's no sign of employment stress. 
at this point. So you've got strong job markets, you've got strong economic growth numbers, and the Fed's cutting wants to wants to cut rates uh, to try. The, they're expecting a softer economic environment going forward. I thought it was interesting. You know, consumer confidence came in much stronger yesterday, um, highest level for consumer confidence in like two and a half years. But what's interesting about that is that the previous three months of consumer confidence were revised down. So I'm just curious how that works, because what you call somebody up and say, well, how do you feel? I feel really good about my current situation. But, you know, but last month when you called me, I, I was I was a little overconfident last month. I mean, how does that ha I mean, how do you have negative revisions to a telephone survey about how you feel about your current situation? I don't quite get that. But. Yeah, I get the other forecasts unless we're just forecasting. I think people feel this way. Yeah. And then you actually find the numbers. But if you're calling people saying, hey, Danny, this is this is December. Danny, how do you feel? Oh, I feel pretty good about my present situation. Next in January, I call you. How do you feel? I feel really good, but last month I didn't really feel as good as I thought I did. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how. So you, you think get we're that. being lied to? Is what you're saying? I know. I'm not saying that at all. I just don't know uh, how how I you am. do a negative revision to a sentiment data. But anyway, I didn't feel as good as I thought I did last month. Well, I would suspect people would feel a little bit better. I mean, we are seeing more headline news about job layoffs, but you know, most of these are still rather small in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it, and most of them still remain in the tech sector for yeah. the most part, where there was a, a good bit of hiring and. You know, we had a lot of ramp up in these uh, kind of these unicorn companies that kind of didn't work out the way they planned. And so we're still seeing a lot of layoffs there. Yeah, but yeah. not really moving the needle so much. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Um, but let's talk a little bit about retirement. Um, you know, one of the issues, and as we were just talking about for the break, you know, people are living just a lot longer, better health care, better technology, et cetera. And, you know, when you're planning for retirement, this is, you know, this is this is the big conundrum. In fact, I'm writing an article. I actually have an article written for Friday uh, coming out about how retirees now are taking on a lot more equity risk. And a big function of that is, is because the market's been going up now for 13 years. Everybody's feeling very bullish about the markets and I can just make a whole bunch of money in the market. Um, but this is also kind of a necessity given the fact that you know, you're going to be living a lot longer than probably what you plan for to be your retirement years, right? So I've got X amount of dollars to last me 30 years in retirement, but what happens if you live 40 or 50 years into retirement, you know, making that money last? You know, I, I find that all the information interesting because we talked to a lot of different people and like we had our economic summit this weekend and, you know, we talked about how people are feeling more optimistic or at least mm -hmm. that's what the sentiment is. But most people I talk to are saying, hey, I'd rather be a little more cautious here. Because I think they understand where things have been and where they're going. And, you know, we see all this headline news that maybe some of it's not so great. Also, you look back at last year and, and understanding the market breadth not being as great as what it was. I think people are being more cautious. But some out of necessity are having to become a little bit more aggressive or trying to make up for lost time. I mean, we do get those phone calls where, you know, they call and say, hey, I'm about to retire. I'm not quite where I need to be. I need to get super aggressive. And, and that can be a problem in and of itself, mm. because what happens if the market does does fall? And you know, you mentioned this, this long bull market, but this bull market over the last four or five years has been been much different than most. I mean, you get a good year, a bad year, a, a year that's kind of indifferent, versus just a prolonged right. bull market. Right. Which you know, maybe that bullish trend is still there, but year to year, it's been bouncing around quite a bit. Right. No, no, volatility has definitely picked up. That's absolutely true. But you know, it's 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 not been enough 
to actually instill any fear in anybody. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, even despite the you know the correction that we saw in 2022. There was this kind of this incessant FOMO the whole time. Even you know the markets are correcting. We have the you know Russia invading Ukraine and the Fed's hiking interest rates, and it wasn't oh my gosh the market's about to fall off. I wasn't. I was getting a lot of those emails. But I was getting vastly more of those going, when's going to be time to buy? Well, you know, are, are, we, are we ready to buy yet? Is, this, is, is the market declined enough to start buying? There was this FOMO to not miss the bottom of the market. Yeah. You know, that, that you know, people have been out of the market for a lot of, a lot of that you know, kind of advance from 2010, 12, 13, 15, 18. It's like, oh, this is, this is going to be my opportunity to, to buy cheap for a change. And they just couldn't wait to get into the markets. And that's why we never really had that big correction that you would have expected in 2022 because every time the market declined there was a big bunch of buyers that were stepping in trying to buy the market trying to find that bottom yeah that's true yeah certainly very different certainly very very different than what we've typically seen so you're talking about retirement and people living much longer and you know if people are going to truly live to 120 does retirement age have to change is do we still have that 40-year working career i mean what does that look like for most i, I don't know i don't i just don't want to work <laughs> well, I think that's the that's the consensus amongst a lot of people, Lance. But I mean, this does change. But this this brings things into question about housing preferences, you know, um, you know, travel preferences, all those type of things. I mean, this is, you know, if you're living a lot longer than you th think you would normally do, I mean, it changes kind of a whole lot of your outlooks in terms of you know your rates of return you need on stocks, how much risk you take, um, what your income needs are actually going to be. And again, we, you know, we, we, you know, I talk to a lot of people and they kind of lie to themselves like, oh, yeah, you know, my housing, ex you know, my living expenses month to month right now are 10 grand a month. But when I retire, it'll be twenty five hundred. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, it, it's you, you've got to maintain, you know, whatever lifestyle you're living, you've got to kind of try to plan for that through retirement. Yeah. And I, I do see that happen quite a bit where everybody does think they're, gonna, they're going to get in retirement. They're going to live on much, much less. That's not typically the case because we're already living on less. Now we're just not saving we're not putting funds in a 401k. We're not putting funds in a savings account. Mm -hmm. Now you've become, instead of that accumulator, you're the decumulator. And once you actually figure out your overall expenses, those expenses typically don't change a whole lot. In fact, sometimes I can argue they actually go up because now we're checking things off the bucket list. But what will that look like, though, if we're not going to say we're, we're not working from our 20s to our 60s? Now we're working from our 20s to, I mean, what, 100? According to you, it's, not, it's, it's forever. Well, I mean... <laughs> Man, you know, as good as you are with money, Lance, <laughs> and being that you're already the bionic man, you're going to have to, it's just, there's, there's no way to run it. I'm I know, sorry. I know. Just, my plan's never going to work for some reason. Everybody else's plan works for some reason. Just mine doesn't. <laughs> exactly. It's like. Goalpost just keeps moving. You're almost there. Got to move the cheese a little bit. Well, but, but I think that that's going to happen to a lot of people as we do start to see people age you know, and live much longer, that's going to be a game changer because now you start thinking about them. What, what happens to social security then? You know, going back to that prior right, conversation, right. that becomes extremely difficult. Cause well, like you said, 34, when this thing was, was came about, it was designed. People were dying at 65. Right. And that's the problem. I mean, social security, but it's not just social security. It's social security. It's prescription drug benefits. It's Medicare. It's Medicaid. It's, you know, it's all that that's, that's in our mandatory spending bucket of our government budget that just requires more and more money to be funded every year. And then we start talking about our debts, our deficits, all those issues, you know, it's kind of a never ending spiral. 
It is. And I think it only makes it all that much worse further down the road. Yeah. And that's why you're going to be, you know, as Elon Musk says, you know, you're going to be living with robots. His new, what's his, what is it called? The Neuralink? Yeah. Which is going to help people live longer and longer. And also, you know, you can, you can move your, to another body. I, I read something crazy yesterday. I was like, Jeez. okay, this is weird. Um, or a robot. You can be inside a robot. You could be a robot, Lance. Let me think about that for a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who's to say he's not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but how do you plan for that? I mean, think about the the difference. And you mentioned living. Do you? Yeah. Do you come into something thinking, okay, I'm going to find this one spot. This is where I want to stay, but I will travel more. I'll do more. Mm. I won't spend this much. Do you see more of the tiny home movement? It's Richard loves. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that that could be the case where people had to start thinking about saving and retirement much differently. And do you have many different careers? Think right. about that. I mean, you may have a lifelong, you know, education kind of roadmap here because you may always have to be changing as technology advances, things. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the last 40 years, what has happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody on social media does digital marketing now, apparently. So that's how everybody makes their living. I mean, just one ad after another about how to make money doing digital marketing. So maybe that's a new career for everybody. Only for yeah. an hour a day. Exactly. You can make hundreds of thousands of dollars just doing digital marketing. What do we do with our lives? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I married a very generous woman. When I married her, she threw in 13 personalities to, you know, just on top of it. <laughs> oh, you know, she is home. <laughs> She's home. <laughs> I'll pay for that one later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wraps up the show for the day. All right, be back tomorrow with Michael Leibowitz. We'll talk about the Fed, the announcement today, what that means for rates. That's all coming up on the show tomorrow. And, of course, we'll also be talking about Meta, all these other earnings that are coming out as well. That's all coming up on the show. Anyway, stick around. We'll have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.